Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for February 3rd of 2017. I'm Ryan Wilson, HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh from, where am I from again? HockeyHurts.com. <laughs> this week, we will discuss the firing of Ken Hitchcock in St. Louis, how that was kind of a weird situation to begin with. We will talk about every team in the NHL and if they should be buyers, sellers, or stand pat at the trade deadline, which is less than a month away now. I believe it's March 1st is the deadline this year. Bingo. So we'll, we'll go division by division and, and give our personal thoughts on buyer, sellers, and neutral teams. And we will end with questions from listeners and a lot of good ones this week so at least eight well of them. done well done so ken hitchcock was fired this week a very emotional press conference from doug armstrong calling him his best friend and personally strip away the human element of it i think it should have been done but probably in the off season um he couldn't have been too much of a best friend because he didn't exactly help poor old Ken Hitchcock's roster out this year. So it's one of those things. He's obviously found it easier to fire the coach than rectify what's going on in net. And I know there are other large problems in, in St. Louis that they've got. But the biggest one is, you know, goaltenders can tend to coach out of his job, and that's what happened here. They can also tender them to a Jack Adams award, which happens like every year. That's going to happen again this year. Um, but yes, it's it's one of those things where, um, as a goaltender goes, a coach usually goes as well. And St. Louis are not the same team as they were last year. The, the loss of David Backus hurts, but not signing him to that Boston contract is better off for them in the long run. Yeah, we referenced that. Short term, these players are still going to provide some nice things for the team that employs them. But you don't want any part of year three, four, five of those contracts more times no. than not. <clears throat> but this is year one and two when they took a hit. They didn't get anything for them. They wrote it out. They tried to make a good playoff run. It was one of their more successful runs in recent memory, right? Was it conference final? I was going to say, they lost to the Sharks in the conference final. So they got further than they ever had before. So it's like it was worth the roll of the dice. Like I can't blame them for doing that. So I do want to say I don't think Ken Hitchcock is a bad coach, but He's a coach. I do not want to watch his teams play hockey most times. No. So in this regard, Mike Yo taking over, I'm not a Blues fan, but I might start watching more of their games. Well, considering they've got Vlad Tarasenko flipping around out there and Colin Payoko, I hope the hell you say that kid's last name. Um, they've got some really good pieces to watch and hopefully they might get a chance to open up a little bit more. You know, they do actually have now Yakupov and he's just vanished off the, off the face of the earth. But they got Stasny, Steen, Schwartz, triple S combo there. They, they're all very good. Yeah. Uh, quad, quadruple S, Shattenkirk. He's still there. He's very good. <laughs> so they and got we'll players get to there. whether he's going to stay there or not. He's not. He shouldn't. But here's the deal. They are where they are, not 
coaching is like underlying. The the main reason they are where they are. They are ranked thirtieth in all situations goaltending. It's amazing they are where they are because of that. They're doing and better than they should. This is the thing though. That's a, this is the argument I make with, with with LA as well at the moment. It's a testament to what that coach can do for this roster that their goaltending is so bad, but they're still in the playoff hunt. And what do they do? Because Jake Allen's larger NHL sample speaks to him being a below-average goaltender. They're married to him through contract. I don't. I never understood that. I, I didn't understand the that. rush to sign him. If he walks, okay, buy below-average guy. We'll find the next Peter Budai, <laughs> who's just roaming around, and he's having a great year for LA, but. You know, Thomas Grace was another guy that used to float around and when given a chance is doing okay. <clears throat> really, they should have stuck with Brian Elliott. I know he's having a terrible year in Calgary, but he was a really good goalie in St. Louis his entire sample size. He only made $2 million. What was the rush to move on there? It was the imperative that Jake Allen was 26 and they wanted to get – the best out of his, well, the most out of his best years rather than have him sit. And I, I'm i in the same boat with you. I mean, I have to admit, over the last couple of years, my opinion on, on the position of goaltending has, has certainly changed. And Jake Allen is is very much like those goalies that just destroy teams. They get paid a little bit more than they should, and they give you slightly below average goaltending. And the cap space that you're missing, you can't use to fill up the hole that the, the extra goal or half a goal that, that the goalie lets in every every game. And Jake Allen's only making $2.3 million this year. His contract hasn't even started yet. That must be so... Must be so... This is a little bit like Dallas in regards to what's going on there. You've got a decent team out in front on the ice, but what's going on that blue paint is is tanking a season. And it could happen here as well. It has. I don't think there's much debate on that. Yeah, but they're still in the playoff part at the moment. Like that's <laughs> the thing. Like, they're not toast yet. They're not tracking in the right direction, but they're not toast. Curious what they do. You hear Bishop, and he's a pending UFA, so that wouldn't hurt them long term for the um, salary cap, obviously. But what's it cost to get him? You hear Marc-Andre Fleury being brought up quite a bit lately. Do they really want to take that pretty much $6 million a year contract and place it with Jake Allen's $4 million a year contract? I don't know. But what I wrote about yesterday is Doug Armstrong really hasn't shown the ability to evaluate that position all that well. He had Halak and Elliott on a roster and decided to trade a first and a third round pick and Chris Stewart, whatever with that, but trade futures for Ryan Miller when Miller was playing at a lower level than either Halak or Elliott. He made at best a lateral move while trading futures for a position that he didn't have a need for. 
it's one of those things where um, you say it a lot, goalies are voodoo. <laughs> and general managers, no matter how much they like to think they have, have no idea how to evaluate that position. Some don't. I would argue this is a case of that. Because then Miller leaves right after, and he did not have a good playoff run for them. Against Chicago, I believe. Yeah, he did not. And then they were left with Elliott, and Elliott kept playing well for them on the cheap. But at every turn, they did their best to give the guy opposite Elliott the playoff starts instead of him. Like, they went out of their way to not play the guy who was playing well for them all these years. It was extremely baffling. Not a little bit baffling. But they had it baffling. on a platter, the cheap league average or better goaltending. They had it, and they went at every single turn. They tried to, you know, uproot that. It was almost like they felt that they had to make, well, Armstrong felt like he had to make a move. Like, and it, it's one of those things where that's going to be one of the things that we discussed today is should this particular team actually do anything? Should, should they just sit pat and, and not change what they've got? Because most of the teams that are going to be buyers are going to be looking for the same roster spot. I guess we started this by talking about the coaching. <coughs> and then we got off on another goaltending rant. <laughs> it, it was very weird. Here, Mike Yo, you're going to be the successor after this year. And you're going to be next to Ken Hitchcock. Like, why didn't you just part ways at the beginning? I think I said in one of our podcasts that I thought Yo would take over this year. But I thought it would be at the start. I thought St. Louis would get off to a dodgy start and they'd just, you know, cut ties and move on from there. And you said in the podcast, why didn't they just walk away at the end of the year? Like, why did they bring him back? And it's because they made the conference final. That was pretty much the reason that he he came back for, for another year. So there's not really a, a quality explanation in regards to the setup. And this is the result. that they become a more offensively minded team for the entertainment product for everyone. It would be nice if it happened that way, but, you know, I, I think Yo still feels like he has to prove that he's an NHL level coach. And to me, that involves um, some coaches, and I think most coaches, overcoaching wanting to control too much, wanting the players to be more responsible, not wanting them to take a risk on an entry at their offensive blue line. They just want the puck to get into a safe part of the ice. And, and this team could uh, suffer from that. Safe as death. Thank you, John. <laughs> no, but here's the other thing. The goaltending cannot get worse, really. I mean, I suppose it could, but what... I mean, well, the gap between 30 and 29 could get larger. <laughs> I don't think it will. So Mike Yo is set up very nicely here to get a lot of credit for the turnaround. Now, don't get me wrong. He could do some nice things on his own. But if the goaltending starts improving and they start winning, he's going to get a lot of credit. Oh, 
don't don't you well hang on he's going to get all the credit from the tv media and the radio media but uh i've decided to call them the underground twitter hockey fan because no one seems to no one seems to really pay attention. They will point it out. They will see. We will see. We will notice that that save percentage, all situations, is going up and their wins start increasing, particularly if their their goals for doesn't go up. If their goals for just stays the same per game and their goals against starts to go down because save percentages go up, you can see where the change is. Now, after dogging Jake Allen for a bit there, Mike Yo's first game behind the bench they beat toronto last night five to one and jake allen made 26 out of 27 saves so the other part of that the blues got caved in possessionally the leafs were 61 percent for that game holy moly so goaltending was better they didn't play better but they scored five times <laughs> Who, who, who was it that played for Toronto? Was it, who was, was it the backup or was it Anderson that played in that game? Which game? The Toronto game. Who was Toronto's goalie? It was Anderson. It was? Yeah, off night for him. Yeah, I was going to say, because he's been, he's been one of the main reasons why they are where they are, Toronto. So, um... You're going to have a bad one every now and then, and it's one of the few he's had in the last month. So, I don't have much else to add on St. Louis. We'll obviously track them moving forward. I'm good if, uh, you know, no offense to Ken Hitchcock, very successful coach. Well, successful coach. I'm good not seeing his brand of hockey. You said very successful, and what was at the forefront of your brain when you said that? The fact that he'd won a Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, that he's had above-average teams for a lot of his career. That the the championships are a byproduct of a lot of luck at times. His a byproduct of a a missed crease call. For <laughs> oh, don't look! I know you live in Buffalo. <laughs> oh, that in hasn't Buffalo. gone away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still see, uh, once in a blue moon, I'll still see a no-goal bumper sticker. Oh, that's brilliant. I love all the these years that, later. I love the fact that that's the case. That's awesome. Well, let's get to the fun stuff. Let's get to the fun stuff. What divisions do you want to start with? I will let you choose. Uh, let's start with the Pacific. Okay. Oh, before we, go, oh. before we go any further, congratulations to Patrick Marlowe. 500, that's not bad. Oh, look at you tying in a Pacific player into the segment. Yeah, 500's great. He's had a wonderful career. He's slowing down, but good good for him to hit that. It is indeed. All right, Speaking so you want to just go what? down the standings? Yep, just go down one to seven. San Jose, what do they do? Mild buyer? Does that sound right? Yes, but I'd be really... I'd be cautious about what you do. One, because they seem to have a pretty good flow, and the buy that they had last year didn't work out fantastically. Oh, you mean Nick Spalling wasn't good? Wow. That's a... I was thinking more about Roman Pollack, but yes. It... Oh, wow. You're... That's so surprising to me. 
Hey, this isn't time for sarcasm. That was more kind of being kind Condestation? Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, for me, they don't have they don't have a lot of cap space. It's one of those situations where you look at it and you go, if they're going to get something in, they're going to have to either give up some youth or, like, are they going to trust David Schlepko and Brendan Dillon to be their bottom pairing? I'd be okay with that. Then they should just stand pat. If, if that's the way you're going to look at it, I can't really see where else they need to do anything. Here's where they went wrong. Would you care to wager a guess? Um, no, nah, you're going to be too clever for me. Where'd they go wrong? No, I'm not trying to be clever. The the Bodker making four mil really screws them with the cap space. We discussed that, didn't we? It was the fact at that length. Power... <laughs> at length. Yeah. Over the summer, this was an obvious underlying numbers speak to this. Uh, the kind of situations he needed to get the points that he got. And he just wasn't going to get it in San Jose, and he hasn't. I think he has, like, well, he scored his first goal, like, really late in the year. If I, if memory serves correct. He has six now, so maybe he's going on a little bit of a streak here. But he's got 17 points in, like, what, almost 50 games? Yeah, it, and, for four, and for four million, it's it's not enough. I mean, Penguins fans scream about Kunitz at his cost, and he's doing better than that. So, oh, um, I'm so sick of the criticism of him. Just saying, as an example, is you get there and you go, it's four million for a 27 year old, and look at what he's producing. It's it is one of those things where look at Joel Ward. He's 36 at 3.275, and he's he's much better. So maybe neutral. I'd look if I was or sell back her if they fan, can. <laughs> it's like I, I can't see what they can buy that's going to drastically improve their roster for the cost that it's probably going to get them to to have. I mean, if you know someone like Jacob Truber or Dougie Hamilton dropped in their lap, you're obviously going to do what you can, but that's not going to happen. So you kind of can't do anything with that. So neutral, yes? I believe I would agree. They're still a good team. I just don't like the, the Bodker thing, but I'm sure every team's got something like that going on. Um, Anaheim. I think it's kind of the same thing. They don't have much cap space, and if they do, they're kind of one of those internal budget teams that aren't going to really push up against it. Now, maybe... Slight seller, and what I mean by that, perhaps a team in goaltending need, they could move pending UFA Jonathan Bernier, who makes four mil. I have, <laughs> excuse me, I have if no Gibson's their guy, me. then why not? Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. And do they trust that Gibson is their guy? I, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him play and looked at his numbers deep enough to to get a good feel for the... He's a Pittsburgh native, isn't he? It's been rumoured, yes. It's been rumoured? <laughs> Every time the Ducks yeah. play the Penguins, it, uh, yeah. it gets mentioned, yeah. Um, I don't know. 
I would say seller, if anything, because they got some bad contracts. If someone wants yeah. to take Bieksa or Stoner or something like that, I'd be like, yep. I can't understand that Clayton Stoner signing at all. Like, I know the Derek England one was bad. Was yeah, but Clayton the Stoner, Stoner one was like... pre-Carlisle, too. I know. No, 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 I know. It just... What he did when he was in Boudreaux's system doesn't fit what Boudreaux was. He fits well, a little the, bit what Carlisle wants. To. GM and coach weren't ever on the same page, I don't think. Ew. <laughs> no, so, that is very, very true. So I would say try and sell some of those bad contracts, but they have an internal cap. In, in, listen, they try to play hardball with their best defenseman because of it. Yeah, and he missed like bit. almost 10 games, so... That's what we're dealing with here. Ridiculous. Edmonton. All right, now, before you say anything on Edmonton, what do you think that the – I'm going to use this term, and I hate it – the mainstream hockey media are saying Edmonton need right now? What do you think they think they need for a playoff push? A physical shutdown defenseman with no puck skills. <laughs> Close veteran presence. It's almost as bad as an opinion. Got to have veteran. What the hell's Milan Lucic doing there then? Oh, you mean it didn't work the way they thought it would? Oh. Well, isn't he a cup-winning veteran presence on that team? Everyone's like twelve years old, so yeah. You know, Connor McDavid certainly needs somebody to show him the way. I just yes. Yeah. How how. He can't function without that. He needs more. He's not doing good enough. Oh, wait. He's arguably the best player in the league, and he's doing just fine. They, they need depth up front and depth down back. That's, that's the basic fundamentals of it. They're not deep enough to win the whole thing. I don't think anyway. You have said that you think that McDavid, if he got ridiculously hot through the playoffs, could carry their current structure all the way through, and... I'm not going to bet against that, but you'd want to hope that um, they try to just get a little bit more puck possession out of the lower half of their roster, both uh, in the forward and the defensive set. How you do that, I don't know, but that that would be handy for them. So I consider them buyers. It's just, do you trust Chiarelli to buy right? No. I, well, <coughs> they need to stay patient. They're, they are building a nice thing now. They're getting yeah. closer to. Don't by under the impression that you're a contender this year just because you snuck into the or potentially could sneak into the playoffs. But you hear Everly's name being brought up. I don't hate it if you get a really a not Adam Larson quality defenseman. This is this is the thing, like if that's the bar he's gotta be over for the trade to do well, then it's not a very high bar. So they should be looking to improve, but I would have a long-term scope, not a playoff push scope. I wouldn't sign Chris Russell. He's 29. <laughs> and, not, and not good, so there's that, regardless of age. No, but like, if you run with that he's not good and they go, well, we think he is – and they sign him to a five-year deal or a four-year deal, the type of game that he plays that is the thing that those that want to sign him, everyone loves, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to Brooks all pick them. 
Yeah. I mean, why am I going to trust the guy that traded Sagan and then traded Taylor Hall for a number four? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Whatever they do, get some players that are more interesting or (laughs) offensively. What they need to do is not have Jonathan Quick come back and keep his cap hit on the freaking LITR. That's what they need. Yeah, Budai's numbers have been better than every one of Quick's season except one. Funny. They're spending $1.5 million on two goaltenders. One of which has been terrible, which is Zach Hoff, but Budai's been Budai great. Is... Budai's been very good. He has. And right now, they've got 5.6, well, $5.7 million of cap relief. They just keep quick on the long-term injury list for the year. They could go and get someone because they need depth help. They need to somehow find a way to get the bottom half of their roster to score more. or Because they don't have to worry about possession. They just need to be able to put the puck in the net. Mm-hmm. They got some bad contracts. Quick is part of that. Dustin Brown. Brown. <laughs> Dustin Brown, yeah. How's Gabrick doing? Is he healthy? In and out. That probably seems about right. I don't know. It's tough for me to talk about LA because I avoid them. Oh, they're terrible to watch. Gabbert only has 13 points this year in 29 games. That's not helping. It's really funny. I I saw a headline for an article. Oh, it might be the byline of an article on Kopitar. Now that he's starting to get his assists back, you know, Kopitar looks like he's worth his salt. It's like, oh, so his teammates are actually finally start to regress back to their normal shooting percentage and not missing, you know, his passes. Here's what LA could stand to do. Great possession team. Sutter consistently gets them to play where, where they own more of the shot attempts. They could afford to find a, a low possession guy that is a great shooter. Or a good shooter. I think we talked about this before. Some of the candidates for that. But that's what the kind of thing that I would be looking for for them. But they're, they're buyers. Like, I honestly thought that even before Quick went down, and, you know, not that you and I have a, a massively high opinion of, of, of Jonathan Quick as a goalie, that they would struggle to make the playoffs this year purely because, like you said, the bad contracts they've got and the type of game they play, they can't score. And it's held up again. And they're, they're still in the playoffs. Like, they are still they are still there. <laughs> they are. Um, who is next? Oh, St. Louis. Well, they're going to be they're sellers. sellers. Right. They're going to be sellers yeah. just because of the Shattenkirk thing. And when they sell Shattenkirk, it should be for futures. And how are we at St. Louis? They're in the central. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking at the standings, wild card. I would, the way <laughs> the NHL has it, it goes Pacific, wild card. 
Okay. Yep. Got me. Calgary. <laughs> Where Calgary's am I going? Good. I like Calgary. Calgary's fun to watch. Apparently, they're talking about adding a right-handed defenseman from what I gathered well, on Twitter today. So I assume that means Dougie Hamilton is not going to be traded. Everybody is trying to add a right-handed defenseman. That's also what was said. But they have a great one in, in Hamilton. He's been having he's had a wonderful year. I just don't know. That's what they should do. They need a little bit more scoring depth up front. Like their is it the Frolic? Is it the Frolic? Yeah, they're good. Yeah. And you sort of sit there with it and, and, and think to yourself, um, they could just get a little bit better possession out of their fourth line. It might take some of the pressure off their bottom pairing defensively. So they might be able to stand put. I would have a long-term scope with them. They got Weidman and Englund coming, coming up. up. So yeah. young, youngish team outside of Giordano, really. Well, losing those two, they get younger again. So, but you look to buy with a long-term scope. You'd hope they do. They've done a reasonably good job here of shifting gears after looking like they were on a tumble at the start of the year when they couldn't actually get the puck. Um, they're rolling along pretty well at the moment. Yeah, the only problem... Uh, that Brower contract's not looking great. Well, every every GM's got one at least. That one was avoidable. No, it certainly was. So Calgary, good. They're in a good spot. Maybe. I know they traded for Elliot, but goaltending hasn't been spectacular for them. So you can't really trust either of their goalies. Do you have the feeling that the goalie's going to tank their playoff run? Because it could happen quite easily, couldn't it? Yeah, they're not a bad team. I don't know, I just yeah, I mean, it's tough. They've got to work out. Like you said, they need to they need to go, okay, if we get in the playoffs, we're in a hot run, we could go deep. But we can't cost ourselves the next couple of years by thinking short-term right now. So, like you said, long-term thought process with any sort of move, get a young guy that's got years uh, on a contract or is still going to be RFA status and see how you go from there. All right. We got to pick this pace up or we're never going to get through this league. I I suppose we'll just stick to anything of note. From here on out. So, okay, so we'll just skip Vancouver and Arizona and say they should both just sell. Sell. Who wants to talk about them anyways? I don't. Do you? No. No, I do not. Talk about them at the draft. All right, Central. Minnesota. First place, Minnesota. Do they have any space? And I'm supposed to be doing the cap responsibility stuff, so bear with me. Yeah. On you, <laughs> one point two mil maybe. Does that seem right? Uh, projected cap space, 
$463,000. Some of those contracts make things tough. They kind of almost have to buy because they're all in on Parise and Suter. Lay off for the next decade. Those contracts just keep running and running and running. They, they don't actually stop in the in the chart. It's quite funny. Um, what would you want them to look for? Just more speed? Um, Matthew Collar, who's was WGR 550 in Buffalo. He, he now covers the Vikings in Minnesota. Actually just released an article last night about the Wild. And he thinks somebody like Hansel from Arizona and not Jerome Gimma. And I agree. They could always use that kind of depth, but what do they pay for it? Well, that's everyone's fear now. Nobody wants to get robbed at this time of year and, and you know, fall out of, like, losing the first round of the playoffs, and then everyone says, oh, well, that was a waste. I suppose they got some defensemen to dangle out there. Well, yeah. I mean, you could, oh. God, I didn't know Nate Prosser was 30 years old. I thought he was a bit younger than that. You're right, they, they are very deep at the back end. And if you could, it would be risky, but I would try and move Scandella on for somebody that is better than him at that cap hit and see what you could muster. Yeah. So they have to buy. Just yeah. organizationally, they've put their chips in. They need to figure it out. Well, good luck. <laughs> So Chicago, I probably neutral. That's only because they don't have a choice. Yeah. I mean, they openly admit that they need help. They openly admit that they need help on the back end. Um, and if, and no offense to Scott Darling, but if Corey Crawford goes down, they're going to get exposed. I mean, Darling has played well in flashes, but if he becomes that guy. Um, the fact that they're, well, I'm going to call them a top two. Oh, actually, how's Campbell played this year? Because um, I've not watched a truckload of Chicago. That's amazing that you can avoid that. I can watch whatever hockey I like. I don't get screwed <laughs> with the TV. So <laughs> I get screwed with the quality of the stream. But I get to choose what I what I get screwed over with. Uh, according to what I'm looking at, not great. He's forty-eight point five okay, so percentage, ask, and it's a minus three point one relative. Because they've got a top two now, basically, which is Keith and Jarlison. Which is very good. yeah, which is fantastic. But Seabrook is, was already on a decline before he signed that stupid contract. And Campbell's 37, and, and maybe this is the last year for him legs-wise because his ability to skate is what made him so wonderful to, to watch and, and uh, very successful. But they probably won't be making any of those <coughs> Andrew Ladd moves this year. No, they just I, they can't do it. Nashville. 
You know what? I reckon Nashville should just stay pat. Watched them play against Pittsburgh the other day, and they they seem to have it worked out. They they they've finally worked out what they are with PK Subban in the lineup and healthy, and everybody seems comfortable with where they're playing on the roster. They're seven two and one in their last ten. They're looking more like the Nashville that I was expecting, and surprisingly, Pecker at the moment is not tanking the team. And they already did their like depth stuff over the summer signing Matt Irwin so they don't have to chase that and overpay no I think Subban, Yossi, Ekholm, Ellis and Irwin you got five that are decent so yeah they're gonna be they're gonna be fine they just need Forsberg to he's been fine score goals like you would expect and they'll be ridiculously dangerous because they're already good now with the underperforming Forsberg no I don't think he's underperforming He's leading the team 2.30 points per 60 at even strength. Being a little bit harsh on him than I am. Goals might be down, but offense is uh, not. He's second on the team for goals per 60, (coughs) 1.06. James Neal, first, 1.22. Real deal, James Neal. But Neal's points per 60 are 1.53, so he's not really generating any helpers. Yeah. Which isn't a surprise. They got some great names in this team: Kali Armcroft, Mika Salamaki. They're awesome. Yeah. So they're in good shape. We picked them to win the division. Now they're finally pretending to show some of that. <laughs> they won't catch the Wild, but they could very well catch Chicago. Do we want to discuss the Shattenkirk stuff in St. Louis? He's going to get traded. They just better get futures for it. Better get quality futures. Don't go go trade for Flurry. Or if they want to help Pittsburgh out, they could go trade for Flurry. Be interesting to see. I think a lot of the teams interested are viewing him more as a rental, not a sign and trade. I, I think you're right. I think they're just going to take him on for what they've got now, and they don't want to overpay for him beyond what they get this year, which is hilarious. Because a sign and trade would increase the cost. Yes. I don't think the, people the, are looking for that, though. The thing that I find amusing about the reluctance of doing that is that he's a much better hockey player than Chris Russell, yet nobody seems worried at all about the cost of Chris Russell. Yeah, Kevin Shattenkirk's very good. Toronto, he'd be perfect fit there, but Toronto would be wise to just wait for the offseason and make their best offer. Instead Instead of getting him for a rental and then it's a timing thing right now for them. If they can hold off, they might not have to give up anything. They'll just have to give up cap space to get in. Correct. It might be seven mil, but it, for me, seven mil over four or five years. Puts nah, he's going to get term. He's going to get term. Uh, 
if he wants to go somewhere and win, then he might have to either go for shorter term or lower hit. He's not good enough to have both in a team that can win. Who's next? Because that's basically the big thing for St. Louis, what they do there. Yeah. Because if they do if they do sell, that might break their year. Selling them off for futures, they've got this massive hole in their backs. <clears throat> I mean, futures in the sense that maybe playable prospects, but they shouldn't be trading for another rental or something like that. No, no, no. It'd be interesting. That's one of the more interesting deadline things to, to watch play out. Now, this division only has one team that really is, is out, out, and that's Colorado by forever. So, <laughs> yeah. Did, <laughs> Winnipeg have to sort out their goaltending situation. For some unknown reason, the people, a lot of people in Winnipeg seem to think that Andre Pavlik is the saviour of their year. Um, I think everybody else knows that that's not the case. Um, do they try and buy a defense? Do they try and buy a winger, or do they just play the year out and just cross their fingers that one of the three that they've got is actually going to get on a hot streak? I'd play the string out and, and trim the fat in the offseason like the Chris Thorburns. Well, that comes down to whether Shepard Dale... Mark Stewart's can't play anymore. They got some really nice young talent that's coming up. I would not compromise any of it. I'd sell. Stewart's got another another year. Because Stewart's got another year on that deal. Yeah, but try it. Russell went for, what, second round pick? Mm, That's a good point. Can't pawn that veteran presence off on somebody for a seventh. Send me to send me to Edmonton. But I would. Um, well, the wild card with Winnipeg is Truba. They shouldn't be doing anything with him. But that's just that's a baffling. <clears throat> they should baffling him. situation. Not him, but in general. Yeah. Uh, Dallas to... is. I don't know how they, where they go with the goaltending. The money is so high there. No idea got, how they sort that out. Well, not when both of them are 33 and both of them are signed again next year. Where are they in the salary? They're out of the playoffs right now. 52 points. Yeah. You know, they're, they're out of the playoffs, but they're not, they're not done by any stretch. They're it's not, really weird. They're not done, but if they're out towards the deadline in the same gap right now, their goal differential is minus twenty. Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I'm gonna guess their possession is not where it was last year. It's, I think Dallas and Tampa are in similar situations <laughs> in that. The, the games leading up to the deadline will either make or break their seasons, and if both their seasons get broken, I would just fold them, pack all your good guys up, put them on the shelf, get them healthy for next year, and try and tank the crap out of the year and get a top five draft pick. 
I would, I would, I would consider selling if I were them, or, or at least not. They shouldn't be buyers. No. Find somebody to yeah. take a goalie. <laughs> Easier said than done, but yeah. Patrick Eves is really an amazing bottom six forward. If he's, somebody, a, he's a UFA. If they could get, it's, yeah, and Yuri Hoodler as well. Same sort of thing. I know he's been injured and not quite as fantastic as someone will take a risk. Yeah, and you should. You you really should take that kind of a risk on it. I I believe that would be well worth it. I know Hemsky got hurt. What's his time frame? Oh, five to six months. Jeez. Yeah, he's done for the year. Is he? When did that happen? That sucks. They could have traded him. Yeah. Well, Tom Label, they'll do that. I'm having surgery for that this year. Good luck. That's not a fun one. No. Central, done. Yeah, skip the uh, whatever they're called because that's just useless. <laughs> All right. Skipped. Turret skipped. Uh, let's go. We'll go Atlantic and close Metro. Montreal. Depth. They, they need they need depth. They Good team. Otherwise, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they, they, they're more like they should be more likely to stand pat than try and be creative. As much as Mark Bergeron has a good reputation for being a, a good wheeler and dealer, the best thing he might do is nothing for that roster. Would have been good advice in the summer. Well, what he got? Well, sort yes. of. Radulov's been great. The other one. Uh, Ottawa is interesting. They won't be heavy buyers because that's not in their DNA. Having a nice year, though. They are having a year that I wasn't expecting. Um, and I wasn't expecting them to be great, and that was with Anderson in net, and they're doing it with Mike Condon and, and Andrew Hammond at the moment, mainly Mike Condon. I mean, they could stand to buy. But I, do I think they're going to? Probably not. I mean, it's one of those things where you need Eugene Melnick to go, yeah, all right, that $5 million of cap space you've got, they go and use it. They won't. No, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, they're second in their division, aren't they? Yes. And, and they're, they're, even more so, they have 49 games played. Boston's at 54. But they're, they're two points ahead of Boston. Yeah, but they're also three games below Montreal, and if they won them all and caught up, they're a point down. Yeah. Like, they're not that far away from leading the Atlantic, and, and no way in hell did I think that was possible at all this year. So, well done to everyone all around. And to... I, if I were them, I'd look to deal Cody Cece. For what? I don't know. He's overrated, and maybe somebody takes value in that. I remember doing my Las Vegas blogs in the summer, and I chose to kept Mark Mathot over CC, and everybody's like, oh, you can't <coughs> expose CC. CC's a possession nightmare. And his offense has not developed that. It's not made up for it at all. Yeah. The last time I looked, I'm not. Not going on daily CC updates. <laughs> yeah, he's six out of seven on Ottawa. 
for that. For just looking at and he's dead last, forty six percent for possession. Yeah. So you know what? That's that's not a bad one to 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 push out onto somebody. And the thing is though, what's he likely to drag back in? I mean, they're going to feel like they want to go for a push here. They must feel pretty confident about themselves. You know, they've got a lot of UFAs coming up this year. None of them significant. No, but enough of them that you're still going to have to fill the roster. Well, good good news for them. That that part of the roster is not the difficult part. Uh, no, that's a very, very good point, actually. I mean, Tommy Wingles, Chris Neal, Chris Kelly. Chris Kelly, you know, Neal and Kelly, the Chris's, see ya. Well, look out. They're going to lose a lot of heart and experience, so the team will fall apart. Good point. Good point. <laughs> Sorry, it was uncalled for. Uh, Boston. I don't know. Just get them some depth. Just get them some depth, and and, and pray that people but, start. But the problem with that it. is that should be a summer thing. You pay too much. <laughs> now, Florida's tough. They they really bought into the climb they got a minus 20 goal differential but they're only four points out of the playoffs yeah but there's a rumor out that Huberto and Barkov are toast for the year um no <clears throat> and I are say they that not? only well I say that only because just tweeted out today that Huberto has been cleared with his Achilles to play hey that's great to hear so that will help out a ton, and I think Barkov will eventually be back as well. Will it be too late? I don't know, but that's almost like buying at the deadline, getting guys like that back. Yeah. They haven't had you know, a full lineup all year, so they no, should just not get crazy with the buying. This this is one of those things, though. You remember how at the start of the year it really looked like it was going to be 5-3 and three Metropolitan? Yeah. Well, it's, I don't think it will be. I have a feeling that... that Toronto, Florida are going to jump. I think Philly. Philly's going to keep falling. Yeah, just too many. Although the Islanders them. might climb them. Well, that's a turnaround of and a half, that one, isn't it? Florida, probably, I'm going to say seller for one reason and one reason only if they're not in the playoff spot. <laughs> oh, come on. Again? Yager Watch, 2017. I like Yager's uh, fit in Florida, so I don't mind if he were to stay. <laughs> and Pittsburgh really doesn't have a forward need, but... Yeah, I know. My Still. selfishness for Yager Watch is always Pittsburgh-based. They don't really hot. have a need right now for that, so he can stay in Florida. Toronto, we talked about. They should probably not stay the course. Yeah. Yeah. Buffalo. Tampa needs to sell oh, off Tampa. Florida. Tampa just need to sell off whatever parts they can sell. Bishop and needs to go. Just keep the free fall on and get a high draft pick. Because this, this season is just it's just been riddled with, with bad luck and bad timing on injuries and Stamkos being down again. But that team's not been able to get healthy all year. I'd probably You know what could happen? What? I know you're a basketball fan. 
Yeah, San Antonio. Yeah, you beat me to it. See, you yeah. are you know your basketball. Definitely. Like when David Robinson got hurt and they they were really bad, they ended up getting Tim Duncan and then they won a title, what, a year later? Yeah, I think they went from, from last to, to winning it, or if it wasn't that year, it was the year after. At least. And now that's more doable when you get stars in that league. But if you're not going to make the playoffs, you might as well be at the top of the draft. And it sell some of your um, parts off. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Try, try and sell off the bits that other people think are valuable that aren't going to help you out. Maybe Brian Boyle gets him a mid-round draft pick. Bishop, whatever you can kind of get. The five, the six million cap space will help with Druin and Johnson and Palat all up for raises. Well, they were never going to keep him. You might as well get some form of asset back for him. So I'd be calling St. Louis up quite a bit. Yep. Buffalo... If so, you can buy long term, that's fine. You know what I mean. But as you've said for a few other teams, it's more of a do it in the off season sort of a gear. No, but they they could make a blockbuster trade that makes sense for the long term. Oh, you're not you're not wrong there. But those deals are harder and harder to come by mid season. No, you're absolutely correct. That's the problem. Like, you're, you're exactly right. If they made a blockbuster... Like, they could trade Evander Kane for defense help, and that would be fine. That that would make them buyers and sellers all in the same. Lateral moves for them. Switching up forwards for defensemen is something I would look to do. Their defense course sucks. It does. Ristolainen isn't as good as Sabre fans think. I don't think he's, like, one of the worst in the league. I think he's in a, in a role that he doesn't... It's too tough for him. He's drowning is he going, in his role. Is he going to be a good number, a great number three, but a bad number two? And right now he's being asked to be a number one. Yeah, that there's that could shake out like that. You know, put him in a in a good spot, and, and he'll be great. But right selling now he... selling a guy like Franzen and Kulikov, your defense course sucks anyways. Might as well trade UFAs, get some more picks. Yeah, and. Have more fish to shoot in the barrel. All right, last division. <coughs> Metro. Did we miss a team there? I don't care. Uh, yes, oh, Detroit. We did, so, we, Detroit's yeah, a Let's mess. just blow it up. We just talked about them, didn't we? Who? Did we do a podcast on Detroit? I don't. Maybe. But yeah, I feel like just... I've been bitching about them for, for a while. Well, we've brought them up that Ken Holland has tanked that team, but whatever. Sell all the <laughs> shitty contracts you can, except the GM doesn't think they're shitty, so. No, that's, there's the problem. All right, top of the, top, top, top of the division. Top Washington, of the Wash, Washington's great. They are. Um, stay, stand pat. Trust with the, your instinct that the changes you made in the offseason are what you needed to go over the top. McClellan's already said he doesn't want to bring somebody in late in the year and have them try to get used to the system and get used to their teammates. I don't think he'll do anything. Trust that roster's kicking ass. They're, they've been playing as well as they have since Boudreaux. Understand that it takes a lot of luck to win it all. So Cross your fingers. Cross your fingers. You're going in as a great team that could really yeah. win it all. So uh, Columbus, 
I mean, they're riding. Bob is having a great year. They're having, the team is having a great year. There's not much there. No, I've been, you know, I was going to suggest that they need to try and fill up their back end a little bit, but they're pretty deep back there and their bottom pairing isn't terrible. Jack Johnson kills me to say it's not been bad. Seth Jones has been very, very good. Warren's you know, great. Savard are yes. playing well. Yeah. But they're, they're in a situation that's enviable, I suppose, when you think about it. They've got two million in well, cap put it space, this way. So... They're not going to. I would trade Jack Johnson. I would always trade Jack Johnson. Well, trading for Shattenkirk. <laughs> Boy, that would be something. Just do a one-for-one. One. <laughs> what a brutal trade that would be. Yeah, well, as as friend of the podcast, Travis Jones always says, Target. call the dumb GMs and just keep asking. I don't see much there for Columbus. I'd say ride ride it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, it's all quick. <laughs> you want to say Pittsburgh for the end as we transition yeah, to questions? That's us. <laughs> yep. Rangers. A lot of good forwards could always use help on D. They could. Now, we do have a question. I'll make it relevant now only because it's the Rangers. Um, is Lundqvist in a funk or is he definitely on that final downward curve that everyone seems to try and predict for him? <coughs> I think both. I think the funk is he's in a funk. He's going to snap out of it. I think his ceiling isn't going to be as high moving forward. Yeah. So I think he's still going to be very good and above average for a couple more years, in my opinion. He is in a funk. And so the... you just have to be careful separating that from the aging curve. Because I think his is have... going to be better than most. Yeah, but the issue you have is that he's covered this porous back six for so many years that when he does start to leak a couple more goals, it'll be on him, not on the players in front of him. Well, podcast friend, uh, Nick Mercadante. <laughs> yeah. Follow him on Twitter. This has been well covered. He, he I can't, I feel sorry for Nick at times. You can, you can kind of hear the pleading in his voice or the disappointment. Come on, don't blame it on Hey, are you that stupid? Like, it's very, very funny to hear. Funny from an outsider, yes. Yes, not for him. All right, for Billy... <laughs> I got, got I got a, I got a hot take on Philly. Yeah, go on. That that is cell related, but not right now. Their captain. I would. You know, there's him. a lot of people that will be on board with that. Has nothing to do with him. Well, I mean, it obviously does, but not a negative on him. His contract is for one, two, three, four, five more years at eight point two million, which is fine. I think the Giroux window and the Flyers window did not align. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's a timing thing. You're exactly on the money. He's going to be out of his prime at a very high cap hit when they're they about need to, to do their prime. thing. Yeah, it's just it's a sad reality. Like um, for me, it's a little bit Corey Schneiderish with New Jersey. So yeah, I was just going to say that too. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just bad timing on the. 
on, on when he's at his peak and when the team's ready to go. So trading him now for... Not now, you know, now, but... No, 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 this year, you're right. But otherwise, try to get rid of... See, this is the thing, like, the Philadelphia fan base, I suppose, should rightfully expect them to try and fight for that, that playoff spot that they're currently in. But if I was the general, if, if I was the general manager... I would try really hard to dump off some of these shitty, shitty contracts that they've got. Um, that's not easy to do. But well, you, you, still got, you got a guy like Delzato who hasn't like been putrid, maybe. He's a UFA. Mark Strait's an UFA. People are looking for defensemen. You could get some futures there. Just trade Andrew McDonald to Chicago because they took Scuderi. No. Scuderi. He's got... Three more years of five million. I know, I know, I know. It was said tongue in cheek, but that's what they have to hope for. <laughs> Michael Neuverth, very good backup. Teams looking for goalies, something to think about there. Are they going to keep Mason to get slightly off the trade deadline? Well, we'll we'll put it this way. Noted. We will talk about that in the future. Because I do not trust them in goaltenders. But Neuverth, I don't think they're going to commit to him as the guy. So why not uh, move him for Shifty one. I believe you might have used him as a backup for another team. Like if Pittsburgh would move Flurry, I'd think about Neuverth. Yeah. Merry go around. Uh, quickly buzzing through the rest of these. Carolina, stay the course. Trade Cam Ward, um, but otherwise stay the course. That, that sums up my opinions on that uh islanders who can they dump because and, i know andrew, they're andrew lad <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> it's one of those things that coach totally tanked their team oh who did they dump halak yeah well the thing is though they've got thomas grice and, and grice is as good if not a little bit better the last few well, years no, they have thomas grice he just signed an extension. Yeah. Three, uh, and 3.3 million for three years. Well, per, per year. Great signing, yeah. in my opinion. Finally got paid, yeah. And not a lot. That's the kind not of goaltending good. signing that every team should strive for. Yep. Not easy to do, but when you got it, you got to notice it and you got to lock it in. So do they. Do they just keep pushing like hell to try and make the playoffs? Yeah. They're playing better. They are. But that Cal Clutterbuck deal. Yeah, they they did that. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. If they're going to push, then they should stay pat. Because I can't see who they can get rid of to get something back that's worth value. But they signed Clutterbuck to that, but let Ocposo walk. Garth. <laughs> Jesus. And we'll talk a lot about their whole location thing in future podcasts. Oh, God, that's disappointing for, for fans, isn't it? All right. Let's get to the meat of this an hour in. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh. I did a whole article yesterday about it. The flurry thing needs to be resolved sooner than later, if they can. For him, too. I mean, he's not a backup goalie. No. 
but Murray's Let's making his eighth consecutive start tonight. Few more. Um, there's a few more articles coming out now about how hard it's been for Fleury, and he's actually quoting out stuff on that and all that as well. So, and the helmet that he just had, very sensible Hel- helmet. Cool awesome helmet. That helmet look. Yeah, it's great. He for those that haven't seen it, basically his uh, stadium series helmet is. It's got a bunch of his close teammates on the front. <clears throat> Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Talbot, Dupuy, Dupuy, Lemieux, I believe, as well. Is Mario on there? I think he is on the left-hand side of the mask. I could be wrong because it was a big dude. Look at it again. A big dude with a C on it, and I've gone. That's definitely not Sid. So that's the only other person I could conclude it was. So I'll look at it. Um, and then on the back, it has a list of other. Depth players that obviously meant something to him on a personal level. So it's a really cool helmet. But it also kind of speaks to Last Hurrah. It has that feel to it, yes. Uh, that does look like... Is that Mario? It is. Ah, good for him. Because he was on the team with Mario. That's He was. Hey, just, just quickly, what date is that game? <laughs> I should know. I don't. It's, so it's, it's February, though, isn't it? Yes. Um, Why do I have a feeling that they're going to keep Fleury until after that game and he's going to be gone? He'll play that game. Oh, you think he'll play that game? He'll play I don't that think game. Saturday, February 25th. I reckon they'll play in that game and I reckon he'll get traded after that. <sighs> they can't be just keeping him for the sake of that. They just need to make the deal when it comes. Seriously, you don't think the good old Jim Rutherford isn't going to be that sentimental? You can't be in the goalie market. you got to strike when it's I, time to strike. I'm I think, not saying no, I, think he'll make, I think if there's a deal to be had, and the deal, <clears throat> he'll keep him if he knows the deal won't expire. Actually, you know what? Yeah, Screw that. People can get injured. You should make the deal. You know, I, I agree. I, I, I am on board <clears throat> with your logic. I just don't trust Rutherford to The movie ending his... would be Flurry pitching a shutout in that game and being traded after, but... Realistically, you gotta make the trade. When you do, so that's a major thing. They're always on the look for a top four defenseman, but anything Pittsburgh does has to have a long term scope. None of it should be short term only. And uh, although I'll say this, I I've referenced it before. I don't think it's realistic. If the Blues want Flurry and Shattenkirk's a part of that, I don't view that as short-term because Shattenkirk, it would be a rental most likely. That's short-term, but getting Flurry off the books and, and protecting Murray in the in the expansion draft, yeah. that to me that yeah. is a long-term scope. No, that, that, makes, that makes sense to me as well. And who's to say that you can't use the cap space from – you know, that trade to sign Shattenkirk on, you know, it's, it is, there are possibilities there. He'd be a great fit for Pittsburgh, but I, I just don't know how the contract's going to look. He's, he's going to get paid. He should get paid, but he's, yeah. he's also older. So I don't want Pittsburgh to kind of tie into, if you're going to ride Crosby Malkin window to the max, Phil Kessel was a fine, it's fine. But you can't get too many Phil Kessels in the sense that 
guys closing in on 30 with contracts that go to about 35. You're going to close the window that way. Yeah. Well, that's why the... Definitely shouldn't be moving guys like Gensel or Sprong. No. That's the lifeblood of cheap production. Yep. I guess I'd almost consider them sellers. Selling Flurry, I would sell Eric Bear. He's been playing better at center. But with a fully healthy lineup, I don't think he deserves a spot. He doesn't fill the spots, no, because you get there and you have Cullen come back in, which can't be too far away now. Tonight. Um, and I'm assuming Kunuckle's healthy again? Or did he He's get been hurt? healthy. He's just been a scratch. Yeah. And then, obviously, they've lost Sherry for, what is it, six weeks? High end, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's going to take a, a bit of a chunk out of But it'll give... Give the team a chance to work out what they've got and whether they do need to try and, you know, fill up a spot in the in the top half of the roster. So I don't want them chasing a veteran. I don't either. Demon. They don't need. It. They They're need. Just... They need. They need somebody that can move the puck. I don't care whether it's with a first, a great first outlet pass or with their skates and skate them out themselves. But they've only got two players that I can. I can comfortably watch trying to skate the puck out of their own zone, and that's Latang and Schultz. They're the only two that I trust to skate it out on their own. I don't trust Daly to do it. But oh, he can. he's fine. He's fine with that part of it. There are certainly other parts that are not going as well. His skating's totally fine. He can skate it out. But it's the other things that are burying him in. Actually, you know what Daly frustrates me about Daly? is he will skate it out, he will get to the red line, and he still has more space to take, but he'll do the hard rim around. He'll almost give away that dump in before it's necessary. Whereas I think he has great speed and should skate it more, draw the defender in, and then chip it by to make them go further to get it. Does that make sense? No, no, it, it, uh, you're right. That's I a nitpicky it. thing, but I notice him... No, you, dumping you're it right. in, in situations that he doesn't have to. And I feel usually, as though he has the skill set to not do that. Yeah, but usually when he does that dump and rim, there's somebody, it's usually Hagelin, flying down the other side of the ice trying to get there first. No, I'm not talking. That, that is fine. That's an indirect pass. I'm good with that. Sometimes it's, it's not that at all. Yeah, okay. And I think well, he's skilled enough to not be doing that. That's my gripe with Hornquist. He always dumps the puck into the wrong corner. But that's well, a skill set problem. If he's with two guys that can do the controlled entry thing, it's a non-issue. When you start putting him with players that can't do those things, it, it makes it tougher to generate. But he is with players like that, and it's fine right now. Um, so that's on the I'm, coach to put players uh, in positions to together. succeed. So. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's I, rifle. Do you want to rifle through questions, or do you have any other? Far away. Far away. <clears throat> kind of related to trade. Uh, CVDKS, thoughts on moving Hagelin to free salary? Haven't seen it discussed much. Uh, I don't think they're hurting for salary right now. Once Flurry goes, that kind of alleviates a lot of it. The thing is, is four mil. Four mil is probably at that teetering point of you wouldn't want to go higher with it. Definitely not. But here's the thing: championship caliber clubs have players like Haglin on their in their depth. 
slightly overpaid for his actual counting numbers output, but his underlying stuff is actually pretty good. Yeah, so I, I'm not considering it right now. No. Not saying that can't be considered before the end of the contract's up, but I'm not thinking about it right now. Who would you rather keep, him or Hornquist? I think Hornquist is better, but when you talk about contract extensions for Hornquist and age, style, yep. you, That's worry about, you worry about breaking down with Hornquist? Are you talking yeah. about like right in this moment or like next contract? No, you, you get there and you look at the next contracts like I would prefer because Hornquist comes up before Hagelin, right? Yeah. And, and you, know, you have to sign Hornquist and you've got Hagelin's four million sitting there. If you get short of cash, where Hornquist, do you go? Hornquist is I better. Keep Hagland and let Hornquist walk. Well, we'll have plenty of discussions on the Hornquist front. It'll be um, do you do you let do you keep him and let him walk, knowing how much other teams would value him? It's a well, it's a the, it's a fine line to yeah. balance yeah, being right. a contender and still extending that Crosby window and taking advantage of other teams. So. Hornquist will be like a super yeah. fun topic to discuss as we head into next year. Who knows what uh, kind of players are available? Yeah. Next question. Uh, Mate underscore Roni. Any chance the playoff format will change? Not no. too favorable at the top to the top Metro teams at the moment. Uh, the playoff format is complete dog shit. It should change. Will it? No. Because it's this bullshit rivalry. Oh, divisional rivals. It, they're heated in the playoffs. Well, no shit. Everybody that plays anybody in the playoffs is heated. It's the playoffs. 1-16 to 16 TV event. Pick your opponent and away you go. Simple. Like you said before, right? Let the top seeds pick. Done. Yep. So, no, it's not going to change. It sucks. I hate it. It's a stupid decision. Next. <laughs> yep. uh, Jordan 16 Faulkner. Who are some of the most overrated and underrated coaches in the league? Feel like Guy Boucher is kind of flying under the radar. Yeah. I, we, we talked about Ottawa playing really well. I think certainly he must have a little bit to do with that. Um, I was giving him no credit at the start of the year, though. I said he'd kill Parsons, um counting numbers, um, and happily I am wrong. <laughs> I don't think anybody can kill him. No. He, he's been making chicken salad out of chicken shit for a long time. <laughs> um, <sighs> it's tough. I To properly analyze coaches, you need large sample size, you need... To, to really dive deep to accurately do it. And I don't have enough time to go through the 30 teams uh, with that kind of care to, to make super strong opinions on every coach, but underrated Bruce Boudreaux. He's on, he keeps, which is jumping, he keeps jumping team to team and he keeps doing the same thing, which is, oh, by the way, Minnesota at the top of the division. I think out of the last decade, he's only once not, um, what a division. And that was the year that he got hired midway in Washington. 
or Anaheim, one of the two. It wasn't a full year. Every time he's coached a full year, his team's won the division. He um, And it looks like this year he's actually going to get good enough level goaltending that it's not going to dump him in the shit. Yep. I'm just trying to think who else. Question. Is Sullivan getting too much credit for everything that's going on? I think he gets proper credit. He does a really nice job of understanding his roster, and he's fortunate to have that roster. Does help. So I think he's done a very good job in understanding that, and he's lucky in the sense that he has it, uh, but he's making the most of it, so good on him. Other coach, overrated and underrated. Uh, let me just browse these teams quick. Dave Tippett's always been kind of good. Carlisle stinks. Dan Bilesma, perhaps. Ah, it's tough. A lot of Bilesma's good work got ruined by Flurry. But I, I, I see him in Buffalo, and he's not making great choices. I'd tell you who probably... It's one of those things where... I'd say Tortorella is probably favorite to win the Jack Adams because of where everyone expected Columbus to be and to where they are now, right? Yeah. But I legitimately think that if LA actually make the playoffs, Sutter should get it. Because that is a team that is definitely not that great who lost their number one goalie. They still are a possession machine, not that the people that make these decisions care about that. And they're going to make them, you know what I mean? Like, he's managed to get a, a team that was middling to be great. Or you could give it to freaking Joel Quenville. I didn't think Chicago would be able to get this many points at this stage of the year. Look where they are. Nope. I don't agree with, well, I'm not saying he hasn't. When's Mike Babcock going to get one? Oh, he'll never get one. It sucks. You're right. You're exactly right. He's done a really nice job, clearly. Playing the youth, putting them in spots, playing fun hockey, understanding they're not great defensively, so why not go, go, go? Which is a huge departure from the Red Wings. It will be very, very interesting to see whether he sticks with go, 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 or whether he tries to rein them in as the back six get a little better when their roster improves back there. It will be very interesting to see whether they stay in the fun sector or whether they move around to the good part of the, I think the Sean Tierney's graphs. Uh, I, for, I had one in mind. Well, Capuano's gone. That was well overdue. I don't know. I don't think I'm missing anybody. I, I don't like John Cooper. I don't think he's done great there. He really doesn't like playing young guys. Uh, and Claude Julian should definitely not get fired. Oh, another good good one there. So, all right. Uh, Kevin Hussey four. What if any effect will goalie pant rule have on scoring? Will Brad Marchand ever be suspended again? Goalie pants? No, I don't think so. It's not going to hurt. I don't think you're going to see any sizable impact on it. I think you need to shrink the. I want to say Steve Valakat. I saw a tweet with him uh, comparing goalie. Pa- I might be wrong. It might not be Steve. 
how long the goalie pads are, they need to shorten those up. Well, shorten, actually, shorten the uppers up. up. Like, the pads almost come up to the pelvis bone, like, with extensions. And it's not because players are shooting at uh, the goalie's hips is not why they're there. It's when they go into a butterfly, they don't even need their stick to be there to shut it down. And it gives them more freedom to kind of make blocker saves as a result. Yeah, that's that's not good. So you cut that down and make the goalies actually have to have the stick there to protect it. That will help. Uh, st- it'll change the styles a little bit of the goalies. I'm not a proponent of bigger nets. I would just call penalties like 0506, and I would continue to work with the goalie equipment. I don't think this pant thing is going to be the, the, the magic bullet here, but I would continue to look at goalie equipment and shrink it down. Because they can, I, I truly believe with technology they can be safe and not look like Garth Snow. They, <laughs> and, they and will, Sorry. No, no. Marshawn ever be suspended again? I don't know. He could have been suspended three times in the last week in four games. I will he be suspended again eventually, but it, will it be as often as it should? No. The thing that annoys me about not being suspended now is that there's not that big stick over. There's not pre. There's no precedent suspension that means that the next suspension is going to cost him more games. Like there's there's no deterrent there. Like ten grand to him is peanuts. Right, and you go. Yeah, so what's going to stop? Deal, yeah. So yeah. So what's going to stop him from doing it again? Nothing. And, and and everyone knows how hard I go down on the Department of Player Safety. And considering that the guy that destroyed uh, Justin Bieber into the freaking glass with a big ass smile on his face is a part of the people that decide whether the player should get suspended, is an absolute joke. The NHLPA have to start taking responsibility and mandating in the next CBA, which is, what, two years away? Tougher fucking suspensions for these sorts of things. And that's going to be so hard to do considering most of the reps in that freaking PA are the sorts of players that get their living off breaking the rules. I have nothing to add there. Sorry. No, that's, that's how I feel. Um, 15. G. Bean Blossom. Would you consider scratching Nick Benino? No. No. <laughs> it's as simple as that. He's been... He's not... Here's the deal. If HBK last year was like what your realistic standard was for long-term... It was always going to be a letdown. Yep. He, um, I'm going to try and pull up some Pittsburgh numbers just to put context to this. He, he just, that. Possessionally, he, he's not been great this year. I agree with that. Last year, though, everything just clicked. Like, you know, we've mentioned it a, a few times in the last few weeks. Winning a cup involves luck. And luck involves being hot at the right time of year, and and that's what happened to the team. Like they fell into that combination because Malcolm got hurt. That wasn't the plan, and it just happened that it stuck. And, and so they could separate, you know, 
with three best scoring forwards. So it doesn't have. He hasn't had a good year. His points per sixty is one point three six. That's not good. Here's the deal. Okay, scratch him. Then what? Who? Who's Carter Rowney? Cancel. Okay, who plays left? I mean. Oh, no, no, I get your argument. I just reckon next year Gensel will be the third line center. That could be a thing. He is a center. If Benito wants too much or too long, Gensel's a center. If you want to do the three scoring line thing, and then you would bring Kunitz back. I can already hear the groans from some people. <laughs> He's almost at 2.0 points per 60 this year. And he has not played the whole year with Sid or Gino. No, he's playing. And Scott Wilson are both at 2.0. There's two left wingers. Are they as good long term or in the general scope of Gensel? I have a high opinion of Gensel. No. But if you had to move Gensel to center, you have these options that could fill in on left wing Shiri, Haglin, Wilson, Kunitz. That's not bad. No, it's not. They're not high-end names, but they're producing. It's it's not including Sprong that could come up. It's not including uh, Sunkist as well that could come up. So they've got options, which is is lucky for them. We have a Sprong question from uh, Derek Callow. I forgot who originally asked, but it was interested on your take. Is Sprong the exact opposite of what the Pens need right now? Well, here's <clears throat> I don't know if he means long term. Short term it doesn't matter if it's if he's what they need right now because he's uh being fucked over by the CHL transfer agreement. So he's in juniors regardless. And they're not gonna when his junior season ends, he is then eligible to be called up, but he's going to the AHL. He is not gonna be on I mean, unless all the right wings get injured, I just don't see it. No, there's no, there's no point in, in, in doing that. There's so, not. is he the opposite of what the Pens need long-term? No, absolutely not. He's the kind of players that I want them to keep rolling with. He's the kind of player that extends the Crosby-Malkin window. Great skater, offensively gifted. So, Sinjino don't have to do all the work. Who knows? He's an unknown. He doesn't have a large NHL sample, but stylistically those are the kind of players that I would like to take a chance on. Right or wrong? Oh, I I totally agree. I'm just thinking of of another young guy that we haven't actually mentioned that I fear is going to get traded. Um, And he's not screwed over by that that agreement. But Sprong is exactly what we want. We want Sprong to come into the lineup and and help score. Um, He might might play into that Hornquist conversation. Yeah, but defensively, all he needs to do is just get below the blue line. (laughs) Just be in the zone, because he can fly the zone and and do what Kessel and Hagelin do. Kessel defensively is not as bad as people make him out to be, and I think Sprong could, could be in that same kind of boat. There's also the general perception of what people think defense is which has been yeah. skewed for so long. Yeah. It's if not you've got physically puck, engaging all the time with big hits and stuff. If you've got the puck, the other team can't score. So I, I'd run I'd run with that. 
it remains to be seen if Spawn can can Do generate because we we don't know. But yeah, he'll play into that whole Hornquist. Like if Sprong makes the team next year and he's looking great, it what do you do? You extend Horn? Like this will all be part of that fascinating conversation. You know what I mean? Oh, I I, I totally agree. Because Kessel's going to be there forever, because that's yeah. the contract. It's that he hard. Has. It's hard. Um, it would be hard for you as a writer that writes, you know, pretty much daily on, on the Penguins. Their, their roster's pretty set up until... It's been a pain in the ass this year, let's be honest. Yeah, There's only so much I can say, and I'm writing daily. It's it's a real pain in the ass. You, you're sort of going to get to the middle part of next year, next season, so, you know, 17, 18, and then it's going to start getting issue because decisions have to be made on in certain positions, on certain contracts and lengths and stuff. So... It'll start a little bit at the end of this year because obviously you've got the Benino decision to make and and, and those sorts of things because you know Schultz has got to be signed. You hope that they don't bring Daly back at a high cost if at all. So you know things for you as a writer don't really start happening until after the whenever the Pittsburgh season ends, I suppose. Talk about first world problems. Oh my God, the team I yeah, cover I is too good. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but, that's, that's, but it has been tough. Know. I can't lie. I mean, it, it's easier to point out flaws than to compliment every day. And people are more interested in pointing out the flaws. When they were yeah, doing worse, um, traffic was hitting record highs. <laughs> so you need them to start being bad. Well, selfishly, it, it would increase traffic. But... Um, no, I enjoy watching them. I was going to say, that wouldn't be as much fun to watch. <laughs> I've got an article. I don't have, Do you have another question? I don't. Um, hang on. I'll just check. Uh, we had the goalie situation. We've, we've sort of gone over that. I, I have a tie-in to that. I just saw an article by NBC Sports. Mike Halford. Situa- uh, Pens will see if Fleury's okay. With the situation as deadline draws near. So they're going to ask him if you, you want to play once every eight games. And if he's good with it, they'll probably keep him. I I, I, I don't care what his... This is going to sound cold-hearted. I don't care what Marc-Andre Fleury's um, thoughts are on this. This is an important trade for the franchise, and they just need to do it right. If there's a good deal... I don't care if he's okay with the situation. I'm sorry. Thank you for your time. It's a business, and we have to move on. The only issue you have with that attitude is the slight no movement clause. That's all. You're exactly right otherwise. I think if they came to him with a legitimate deal, I at this point, Murray's making his eighth consecutive start tonight. Yeah, the writing's on the wall, and it, it's it's funny because Sullivan wanted to make this very clear very early, and as, as much as he could, he's played him as often as possible. So, that's all. I just saw that article pop up, and I thought it was worth mentioning. So I think I'm toast. Oh, I got one more. VIP 
collision LV, would you consider trading Benino, moving Cullen to third line center and keeping Fair at fourth line center? Uh, absolutely not. Cullen does great in the role that he has. Let's not try to extend him and then extend Fair even. Like, I don't know. Nope. No, it, it all fits at the moment. There's no need to rush that sort of decision in regards to your third line center and then how it trickles down for your depth. It works. You don't have to make any of these decisions till the offseason. Okay. Anything else? No. Okie dokie. Patreon.com slash hockey hurts is where you can, one, find the podcast, and two, donate to the podcast. Please go on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcast and give us a rating. If it's a bad rating, keep it to yourself. We don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> And if it's a five star, keep them coming. <laughs> That's so funny. Hockeyhurts.com is also where you can find the, you can download the podcast if you uh, don't have a device that you're already getting it from. You can just go on the regular internet to get it. Uh, at Walshy66 is Cam's tag. Hockey underscore Hertz is the website's uh, Twitter tag. And mine's Gunnar Stahl. And my hockey articles are at hockeybuzz.com. And we are approaching trade deadline. And even if the Penguins aren't totally active, I'll probably do a little bit league-wide with some stuff. And it's always – hockey buzz is fun during the, the deadlines and the free agency. So come on, read articles. There's other good writers we have there. So that about does it. So two podcasts in same week. I think we did a good job there. Yes! And uh, we'll see you next time. Gotcha! See ya.